Hello and welcome to a new episode of Other Record Labels. I'm your host, Scott Orr, where we talk about the art and culture of being an independent record label, of running an independent record label, of record labels. We also talk with record labels. That's the whole premise of this and something that I've been doing now for five years. And today, you know, one of the things too, as we get on, of course, I love to have labels on that are... um, you know, world-renowned and labels that we grew up with and that we admire, because I think there's some really cool things that we can learn from them. Um, And uh, that's always fun. And then there's times where, lately, now that we've been here doing this for five years, where I like to focus on labels who are doing something really unique and interesting. And like we talked about in last week's episode about your unfair advantage and what we talked about a couple months ago about having a niche, I think it is really important to have something unique, have a calling card for your label. And my guest today is a label called Off Air, O-F-F-A-I-R, one word. And what we're talking about today is we're talking about not just instrumental music and ambient music. We're talking about taking music off air. We're talking about taking your life off air for a few moments. We're talking about separating ourselves from media in a certain way. Um, And we're talking about like this concept of foreground music versus background music and that space in between. And if we'll ever get to a place where there is no difference between foreground and background music. Anyway, we go really deep, and and I love talking about this subject. I think it's really fun. We did it similarly in the last interview with Heart Dance Records. Uh, so I think you're going to enjoy today's episode. I won't talk much longer, so we can dive right in. Um, if you are one of our listeners who are thinking about starting a record label, make sure you go to our website, otherrecordlabels.com, where you can access hundreds of articles, Free resources you can download, our online courses and our ebooks as well, and um, our most popular toolkit, which is a free download that includes a checklist and some templates and a workbook and some things to help you get started. To download the toolkit, go to otherrecordlabels.com/toolkit. What a like! What a blast going through this label. I mean, like this, just some really cool things. I always love to talk to a label who's got something different going on, something unique going on. So uh, let's start with the name Off Air. What does that mean? So Off Air came about, we were, we initially launched Off Air as a show series. Right. Um, we'd always, uh, We'd always planned to have the label as well, but the the start was the experience um, to be able to demonstrate to the to our community what this is, and it's it's based on the idea of not being so connected, but having a relationship with our technology. So, mm-hmm. like uh, going on airplane mode or uh, or being on do not disturb uh and in in the sense of music it's it's like the opposite of being on air so in the in the show series um a lot of the events that we do are with artists who are celebrating an album release um especially the ones on on our album on our uh label um although it's not always day and date with their publicity sure uh but you know, we launched we we did this with uh, Raphael Sadiq and Angel Olsen and Moses Sumney and other other artists who had a week of press sprints. And from the artist perspective, when you're in New York on the publicity tour of an album, you're always on. Yeah. People are asking you questions. Um, pretty much the same questions at every place and you have to answer them. Mm-hmm. You're doing, you're doing things for the public and everything is being recorded. Everything mm-hmm. is on film. So the purpose of the show from the artist's perspective um, and the purpose of the experience, like whether you're listening to recorded music or, or the live experience is that the artist gets to feel that they don't have to be on. Mm-hmm. Uh, we simply put a sticker on people's cameras, um, <laughs> not just for the branding, yeah. <laughs> but because we're inviting people to to keep their phones in their pockets. We're not saying like you can't use your phone. Sure. Or, like it's it's just we're inviting you to an to an intention that the artist set. And when an artist is playing 
in an amazing sounding room for a for a room of faces and not phones um they can feel vulnerable again mm-hmm. uh because not everything is being posted yeah uh and at the same time it's the same intention for the listener um on our label or the attendee to our experiences is that our our music is meant to let people turn off what or to invite people to turn off the things that are uh that are buzzing through their minds in their daily grind. Oh, so interesting. when you so it's go a metaphor too. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. So when when you go to listen to any of our albums, say you go to listen to uh Polly the PSM's album that is meant that is inspired by the stars in space, uh you're really you're invited to disconnect from everything that's going on in your daily life, all your daily worries, and like really let the music guide your experience. Mm. When when you're at an event, it's it's the same thing. Like let's all check at the door our however we got here, whatever's been going on in our day when we go to a concert or when we go to a music experience, let's all be present yeah. and let's all turn off what these distractions and let's let music not be in the background, but actually guide our experience. Well, that's funny. You said that because there's this, and I want to ask you a little bit more about that foreground background thing in a second, but there's also this, like my favorite line I've heard. Well, I've heard this year Instead of music getting stuck in your head, we want your head to get lost in the music. That's great. I love that because I can totally, <laughs> I, I can, that resonates with me as a music fan. Um, I completely get that. I mean, no, for me, no explanation required. But what does that mean to you? I mean, I think I, for me, like, I think going back to the inception of like the idea of the label, um, like, I, I just started listening to music to set up my day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, um, what that did for me was like, realize that I needed music that did exactly kind of what you just said. Right. It's like, I don't need something in the morning to like, get me going. I don't need like Tyler, the creator to like yeah, yeah. pump okay. me up. I just want something to be like, okay, like intentionally be a part of the, my morning routine. Um, and there's a mid, it's a mid ground of, I want it to set my day up but i also don't want it to completely take over my day okay and that's and that's like a lot of like where we ended up in kind of like what the type of music that we wanted to to kind of make and i feel like no one's really no one's really defined it in a way and yeah we're trying to do that like that it's not like it's hard to explain right like you know, we have totally. to like sit here and talk about it for 10 minutes for anyone to get it. <laughs> and so like, but, but I think there's, I think a lot of people feel this way and there's a lot of it going on and, and uh, streaming has made a lot of it accessible and easier. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of, I, I want to, I want to like ask you a little bit more about this, like starting your day yeah. with music, because I've talked to a lot of labels um, in this, in this genre or in this realm about the yep. difference between, uh, well, you guys use the, the term uh, foreground and, and background and, mm-hmm. and, um, but I've, you know, I've been challenging with, uh, struggling with this uh, concept of music as a utility versus music as art, because on streaming, a lot of people are using music as a utility in the sense of it's meant to be put on the background when I have, um, friends over for dinner to make me feel look appear cultured you know people will use it to pump themselves up at the gym what are you when you're talking about using music in the morning are you actually meditating on the music uh like uh, it's a book uh or is it is it just um like a utility i i think for us it's not necessarily like we're not saying like it has to be one or the other. I think for every person, it's different. For me personally, yeah. Um, a sit-down meditation to music, wow, doesn't do doesn't do it for me. Okay, like okay, okay. like I say, like that doesn't do it for me. Like, and that never has. It'd be it's fun not, to try. Like, yeah, I mean, I think it definitely yeah. works for some people. I mean, like obviously, like 
with with the the rise of calm and and those types of apps like people are doing it and there's lots of a, a big business there right mm-hmm. like lots of people are saying like sit down focus do a yeah. mantra yeah like get yeah. your day started for me what i found got me going was just like the idea of having some music on while i'm making my coffee that mm. just like woke me up a little bit okay. and it is i think i think it is a utility there okay. it's 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 that sense of just having it. It physically made me feel better. Like when I when I yeah. did it, I I looked forward to pressing play on sure. my Rishi Sunrise playlist. <laughs> Uh, you know, like I look forward yeah. to it every day and yeah. like wanted, I like kept trying to find stuff to add to it. It just, it, it added a nice utility to, for, to my day. And, um, I think while I was going through it, I, I what I had found was that the, the streaming services hadn't really, uh, built a playlisting structure for me in that. Sure. I'm also like a little, I'm a bit of a, you know, a snob when it comes to some of that stuff, yeah, but like, yeah. <laughs> um, but like I, I, to me, it felt like there, there was a space to even, uh, of, of the stuff you were seeing on streaming services and playlists and, and stuff like that to make it, um, a little bit better, more intellectual, yeah. recorded better, less, less of a, Hey, here's music to meditate to yeah, and yeah, more of sure. it. It's like a happy medium between the, here's the utility and here's yeah. art. It's like, a little it's like that if you can walk that line is where we want it to okay. be okay nate do you have some yeah it's it's the utility involved is is for music to set our uh our mental and emotional intention for whatever we're doing so for for rishi making coffee there's a specific mindset and emotion that that he strives to have in the morning He's not necessarily, and I'm not necessarily going to like sit and meditate Mm -hmm. for 30 minutes and we're not making music for people who are just meditators or people who, who put any tag to what they do, but it's just, I want music to, to guide me through this. So Mm -hmm. even music at the gym, like there's music I listen to at the gym that has an emotional attachment to me that does pump me up, that makes me run faster or longer or mm-hmm, harder. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. By the way, Rishi, you gave me this mental image of Tyler, the creator, being my personal trainer. And that's, that's like now my dream. So, <laughs> <laughs> I, it, it, it's, it's about making it ex- accessible for people to form their own experience yeah, to it. Yeah. And, and we are seeing that, uh, I just spoke with someone yesterday, uh, who runs a 500 person company and went to a uh, went to a sound bath experience that lasted it was 90 minutes of of lying down with your your eyes covered and coming out of it in in tears and just like a a reset but mm. not everyone that's not for everyone sure. yeah and some people could feel like they don't know how to get to how to get there Right. Right. And we're not necessarily trying to get people there. Uh, we can, and we would love to, but it's in any form of that experience that, that my friend had to be able to set on your own, to be able Mm -hmm. to hit play on something that resonates with you and to just be able to disconnect, to go off air, um, and to have music guide you. Or if your meditation is actually making coffee, um, yeah. in, in the morning, you know, like Gandhi's meditation was, was weaving on his loom. I'm sure. not comparing Rishi to Gandhi, sure. but <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> um, so let me ask you then, cause it, Rishi, you had mentioned this idea of potentially, which isn't you, but of, of, um, meditating with the music for a couple of minutes in the morning, listening to the music mm-hmm. is anything other than that. Uh, any use of music other than that disrespectful to the artist in any way if we are just using it as background music? I don't think so at all. I, th- I, I think I think the whole idea of at least what we're trying to do as a label is like, this is music to set an experience for you however it however you want to use it. Sure. I mean, I, th- I, I think 
totally. I, I think that's part of, I, I think actually going kind of like back to like the idea of kind of like ambient music and ambient music being very like, it's very like, I don't know, it's almost institutional, right? Mm. Like it's very like, you need to do it this way. It has to be this way. It has to be this. Like we, there, there's obviously like lots of beauty and, 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 and reason to think that way. But like we wanted to kind of step, take a step to the side of it being a little bit more for anyone. And you don't have to be an expert. You don't have to know how to listen to this music to listen to it. Yeah. It's you, if, if it's set, if you want to listen to, like the music that's made f- that the artist made for waking up to for you to go to sleep like if that doesn't for you like it should absolutely do that like yeah. i don't i don't think anybody oh, yeah. would feel bad or like feel like you're misusing the music in any yeah. way yeah well I, and I, and i think i totally agree with you and i and i'm kind of playing devil's advocate here because um mm. I, I think i i completely agree with you and and if i walk into a hotel, a fancy hotel, and they're playing nice jazz music. To me, that is bringing this whole moment together, and it's and it's it's what I expect. In the same way, when I'm at the mall in December, I expect Christmas music to be playing overhead. That's part of the appeal, and uh, and I think you know, perhaps in a way, this is my epiphany. I'm just kind of experiencing now because I I struggle with this whether I'm when I have I, I love background music in certain environments, and I and I struggle as a, as an artist to think. Somebody spent a long time to create this. Am I disrespecting it? But I suppose in the same way that entering a building and not paying respects to the engineers who are keeping the roof above your head, you know, it's just part of the experience. You just, you know, it's all, it's something we come to expect. Let me ask you this. And on the same vein, do you have a calling to try to mainstream this type of music? Do you think that there is a, a future for this type of music in any way that, that would be, pop in any way i mean i i i I think pop is probably the wrong word sure but mainstream this music is the literal point like we want this to be something that is like something that people think about and do and put on music like this um in every uh kind of in in everyone's kind of like personal genre of listening to music right Mm. like there's so, I think there's something for everyone here. I think the way music is accessible now, it's possible. Um, I, I I really think that w- I genuinely believe that there is a, there's going to be a moment where where people like understand like this in between foreground background music kind of thing, right? Like, um, and and it's going to be something that a lot of people um, listen to. I think yeah. they already do. Like yeah. I, it the funny thing about it is a lot of this music is uh it's very individual. Like you listen to this type of music on your own a lot. That's right. So you, don't, you don't talk about it. That's you don't right. you don't go like, hey, <laughs> I heard this really awesome like album that I woke yeah. up to, right? Yeah. Like unless it's like Aphex Twin, like sure, like ambient record, right? Like that has a whole nother thing. Like um that has its place in this, but like I think like it's just something you don't talk about yeah. so it's like you don't hear people talk like saying i'm listening to max richter sleep when i go to sleep but yeah, like that's fair. the amount of people yeah. who do is big it's you're very, absolutely right you can see that and, on the streaming numbers yeah. yeah and i think the question of mainstream also is has to do with what we consider to be mainstream in terms of our access points so so DSPs are one form of, of mainstream, but it's also like, I'd love to be able to ask my smart speaker to tell me to play music for however I'm feeling. Right. Like you can say, uh, you can ask your smart smart speaker. I'm not going to say her name because she wants to participate (laughs) in this conversation, but (laughs) I can ask my smart speaker to play me some breakup songs. Yeah. If I'm feeling crushed, yeah. right? I can ask my smart speaker to play inspirational songs. But the if it's I want I want music to wake up to, or I want some psychedelic music to stargaze to, like the ability to get more specific with that, or the ability to communicate an emotion. That's just one sense. Is the smart speaker? The other is the uh, an example that you brought up is uh, is 
the hospitality industry mm-hmm. um, and the recreation industry that are trying to set moods and moments. The music industry has made it very difficult for uh, for niche or mainstream properties, mostly niche, to be able to um, explore like their musical persona. So if you go to amazing spas, they're subscribing to to spa music. Okay. And you can go like as a music fan, that can ruin your your time, right? Yeah. Like if you have some like really generic yeah. uh spa music playing. And that's that's just an example. Yeah. Um uh, one thing the other is like at, at restaurants, like do you ever do you ever go like to a restaurant and you might love the music, but it not might not be the music for that time. Yeah. Yeah. You ever totally. ask like the manager at the restaurant, like, can you just play something that I, that doesn't make me want to shovel my pasta in my mouth? Yeah. Get out of here. I mean, <laughs> I mean, my, one of my favorite restaurants was playing like a Fugazi record from front to back. And I love Fugazi. It's like one of my favorite bands, but like, I don't necessarily want Pegasi right. when I'm, what, but yeah. um, going back to the smart speaker real quick, going back to the smart speaker real quick, I think there's like something there that we've always kind of dreamed of is, and it kind of goes back to the, the uh, conversation about the name. Um, our dream in all of this is at some point we could say, Hey, smart speaker play off or take me off air. Mm. Right. And the smart speaker knows your listening habits, knows what t- what genres you listen to. It knows what time of day it is for you, mm. and it knows kind of what music you've put on in the past. And it and it it's not it that when you say you want to take yourself off air, it's not going to play the Tyler the Creators for you. It's going to play this foreground background music that yes. sets your mood, and it changes depending on who you are and what time of day it is and where you are and all that kind of stuff. And if we, if, if you could crack that code, the idea of off air becoming like almost like a, a, the, the signifier of that type of music. Yeah, so yeah, it's like yeah. that, that's like, if we ever were able to crack that, yeah, it's like, how do we come? We become the Xerox of sure. Yeah, exactly. This, yeah. Clean. Right. Like that's, yeah, yeah. that's like, that would be amazing. <laughs> right. Like yeah. that's, but I think there's something to that. Like, sure. I think people really want that and no one's really presented it in a scalable way. Yeah. It takes time and energy and lots of, you know, technology on top of it. But, you know, I think there's something there. Well, it is, it, you know, and as we're talking about this, it is interesting how there's no doubt that this um, genre and this super wide genre of neoclassical all the way to extremely experimental and everything in between. Um, mm-hmm. There's no doubt that this is is up and it, this is coming up and, and becoming a lot more mainstream. I think that, you know, the reason is because of DSPs is that it's accessible. You don't have to invest $20 in a, in a piano CD. You can have yeah. every piano track ever without having to, you know, because people had such a limited budget back then. Um, I, I definitely see it's coming up and, and it's got to be, in response to the addiction to the phones, like you guys were talking about at the very beginning, same thing is mm-hmm. is hopefully why you know why we're seeing the rise of analog um, products. So let me ask you: um, Let's talk about the artists and the role of the label, and 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 talking about what you guys are doing for artists. From what I've seen and 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 what I've read on your site, it seems to me that the label is this outlet. I mean. I mean, it's early yet, but the outlet for well-known artists to try something new, like your bio says, cultivates a space for established artists to release music that explores beyond their familiar sonic territory. territory. So it's kind of, seems like it's specifically about existing artists to to try something new. So it's an interesting position. Mm-hmm. Can you Can you explain that a little bit, expand on that and how you came to that? Yeah, so... Part of it goes back to what what you just um, touched on earlier about how accessible this this music is. Like, if you want to listen to piano music, you don't have to go buy a twenty dollars CD. Yeah, yeah, you can listen to hours on end of piano music, and a lot of a lot of what we find on the DSPs 
are more like work for hire type of music because we know that the yeah the actual the actual mainstream of this type of music as it is currently and it is mainstream because it like there's so much business in it like you can look at the followers and subscribers and how much people are trying to gamify it uh. um it's sort of been locked into this place where like all it needs to do is sound like piano music and have a certain structure. Yeah. And, and then it, and then it works. Yeah. Right. And people know there is a science to sleep music and there is a science to do other stuff, but like it's, it's better from a business perspective for, uh, for faceless music to be at the forefront of the mainstream of this, of these genres for the DSPs for the DSPs for the, for the DSPs. Sure. And so we've listened to a lot of it. And as, as music snobs and music fans, it wasn't really hit, hitting the mark for the intention that we would want. It's really great. Fantastic background music. If you want the, if you want to just fill the air with sound waves yeah, uh, that, that are like based on a, a mood, but, we know that established artists uh, have an aptitude already of being able to make music that people care about mm. and being able to articulate why their music is important. And so the idea is, is not necessarily to create playlists of a lot of the same type of music, but to have artists um, come in and be very specific about an intention that speaks to them and use this as an outlet for them whether it's something that has to do with mental health or uh, exploring uh, exploring the the night sky or waking up in the morning, and an ability for them to put a soul to to the intention. So if you if you talk to Naya, whose album Off Air Music for Water is like an incredible journey. It's not just one genre across all the tracks. She'll talk to you about how this is meant to resemble the art and act of free diving mm. and what it does to your, to your mind and your heart and your experience. Uh, and you can really feel her experience in that. Uh, and other, other artists like, Anders Frieden, who's the frontman for In Flames, uh, which is a, a metal band from from Sweden, his his label isn't gonna isn't gonna put out a ambient record, but he really like this was in his soul as music that he wanted to that he was making mm. out of his driven by his passion that he wanted to put out there. Uh, the name of his project is If Anything Suspicious. Hmm. And it's an incredible lullabies album. Like it's a dark lullabies album that really could speak to a lot of people. And so we're creating a space for artists like him or artists like Naya and, and others to be able to explore the ways that they create, explore the ways that they put out music um, and explore the intention behind it. Uh, we're not trying to develop artists uh, into multi-label deals. Yeah, uh, we're we're doing one-off licenses, project by project, based on an artist's vision, so that this can be their off-air outlet. Right. Right. They can they can go back to uh, writing and performing metal songs and performing at arenas, and when they're done after like lighting up a crowd and being such high energy, they can go off air and listen to their album and it can chill them out. Right. Like the, the, the behind the scenes for an artist on the road, uh, performing in arenas, performing in small clubs, uh, writing and everything that they have to do to make pop music, um, or the, the genre of music that, that they're in also carries a lot of anxiety and mm. is like, is very specific to what they do with their frontline label. Sure. And so this is a separate outlet for them. And, and the, the other, real quick. The other thing I would say is like, 
we're, we're music marketers, right? Like we come from like labels and management companies. Like that's what me and Nate have built our careers on. And in starting label, like purely like in a marketing sense, having a name that people have heard of or has a small fan base really helps get get it to people in a way For sure. um, and also helps mainstream this and go, hey, like it gets the DSPs to look at it, it gets people to be, at least give it a listen. And so yes. like that was a bit of the impetus there. And oh, I appreciate you saying that. That's true. Yeah. You know, and like, yeah. I like I want the biggest of the big artists. I want the Tom York piano record. Like, yeah, how do I get yeah, that? Same. How do I get? How do, yeah, like, how do I get? Yeah. How do I get the Kevin Parker music to stay up till two a.m. and like yeah. sit on the beach too? You yeah, know, like yeah. how do like you know he's got it. He's probably got it sitting there. Like yeah, you know, right. no, you know, yeah. like, like I want to build something where those guys are already making those that those records at home for themselves because they need an outlet. Yeah, and then people are just like, hey. This off-air team knows how to do this. Like, go! Like, yeah. That's 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 would be well. The, the artists must we, love it. Do yeah. the artists love it? Like being given this outlet. Totally, they they do because it's it's work for them. Like, I mean, this is their living. Yeah, but it's it's not in the same way, and it's not in the same it's not in the same structure. And the pressures are not, are not the same. Yeah. So it's, it's fun for them. So the last project we put out uh, was with a collaboration between Richard Reed Perry, who's yeah, a member of Arcade record. Fire. Beautiful record. And Susie Ibarra. Yeah. Thank you. So nice. And it's, it's such a passion driven thing for, for, someone who is so so talented in like from the classical perspective as as Richard is and to be able to collaborate with someone who doesn't have the same structures as alternative indie rock music they can really push push the boundaries and there's an incredible relationship between the the outlet that he gets in in this in this realm of music with off air, and then how he shows up on a worldwide arena tour. Mm. The, the other quick note too is that not only do artists love it, but I feel like managers love it because they're like, "What am I supposed to do with this ambient record?" Or oh yeah, like, you, well, like I don't know how you to mean do it. Like, like their primary label. Or the, their primary label, or their or their, or manager, their manager, yeah, right? yeah. Because yeah. artists, artists who are making the stuff, they want a way to put it out, right? And the and the amount of time and energy it goes into figuring out what to do with it to make sure the artist <laughs> feels <laughs> like you're actually putting the time and effort sure. into it, yeah, is hard. It's a, it's it's not easy, and and when we talk to managers, well, very rarely has it gone well if the primary label's like, okay, we'll put this out on the in the in between. Very rarely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, everyone's always yeah. unhappy, always. And yeah. this gives, we are giving people that outlet, I hope. And and not just because it gives people an out, like I, we genuinely believe in it. And I think like, that's the, that that's the hope is that we can be that for kind of the industry and artists and artists can be stoked and managers can be less stressed out. And, you know, well, like any label, any label that's not territorial and is forward thinking would would appreciate this because the artists can get this out of their system and yes. and yeah. and then come back refreshed and excited to do exactly their, I think that would be great. It's also do you it's by a, chance have a list of those labels? Sure. Yeah. Well it would I, I, it would take a lot of yeah, I mean that it, it would be a lot of forward thinking. It would you'd have to be I, looking down yeah. the pipe. Also in today's age, right? Like there's no on cycle, off cycle for artists. No, this that's right. Gi this gives an artist a, a ability to do something in between records that keeps the cycle going, something yeah. to talk about, something that feels like genuinely thoughtful music and art and uh, something for, for people and fans like yeah. that, that feels interesting. So like, I think there's even something there that like in today's world of, always having to be 
talking. Like literally in today's world of always having to be on, we're making a record to turn off. To turn off. Like there's something just beautiful about, I think that like what, what that can kind of spur. And, and from the DSP strategy perspective, you're in, in some ways able to reach a wider or a different audience mm. in, in this sense. Oh, for sure. While also being able to serve your current audience. So it's all about how many people you're, you can hit on release radar when you put out yeah. your next frontline <laughs> single. Yeah. So this, the strategy for, for the business sense is how do we stay active? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and this is a, this is a great way to do it. I think just to also go back to why established artists, I think a, a lot of this goes, goes back to that too, but it's also, that's like, we know who we are and that's, that's what we're good at. Like mm. we're not as, as an agency, we're also a, an agency um, that, that works with artists. We do, we do really well at partnering with, somewhat established artists to very established artists mm -hmm. uh, to to translate their creative vision and for them to feel they're comfortable with us and knowing that we will never compromise an artist's creative vision for the sake of the dollars and cents in the streaming numbers without being like stewards of that of that vision like we look at the we look at different technology and different opportunities as a canvas for them yeah and and that helps them to be to be successful here's a question i have for your label that i don't i don't know um that i haven't seen what role does traditional activities play for your act for your label for example like physical products or even just mm -hmm. having a, a band camp. We've talked a little bit about Spotify playlists. These are things that a lot of us normal labels pursue initially. What role does like putting together, for example, that with that Richard Reed Perry, I was trying to find where I could get that on vinyl. So how does this like, what are these uh, pieces, uh, what role do these pieces play for your label? Vinyl is coming. Okay. Uh, very soon. Uh, we're going to be doing a series of of drops. Uh, wait, wait, I mean, I don't know if we. Can, it's we're partnering with Vinyl. Be pleased to put out a, a series of oh. records. Yeah. Okay. Great. So there we go. So we'll they'll they're going to be pressing our records, uh, and they do an incredible job. Uh, they put incredible care and leadership to how we do packaging yeah, and. Yeah. Uh, we have done a great job with uh, uh, really listening to test pressings and and uh, and also reaching an audience that that cares about exploring different musical experiences. Mm. Uh, so we're going to be releasing vinyl with them in a series of drops based on like our first four and then our next four. Okay. Uh, and then, and then so on. So That's awesome. we have stacks of test pressings right now and everything is, is going into production. That's great. Uh, it's a, it's a lot to like to set up and time getting approvals and getting everything when you're doing four at once. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. But we feel that like, it's a great way to present an example of, of what the series is and how diverse our music is. And we know that, that that community of vinyl collectors are so open to to different musical experiences. I think I think in the long run there's something to even upping the idea of vinyl with especially this kind of music, yeah. like making making them actual physical art pieces and figuring yes. out a way to up that like up that, you know, kind of just production value. Yeah. Um Mm -hmm. I think I think we're halfway there. Um, the, it, the artwork looks really, really great, but like, if we get this going and it's successful, like, how do we like keep pushing that? I think there's definitely something there for that. And then on the on the Bandcamp side, um, we are we are we have a JV with Universal on with the, on the label. Mm. So there's there's some I Universal see. Bandcamp stuff that you know I see. we can't fully lean into, but sure they won't I'll, let us do it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay not, that's that, so. <laughs> not, not that they will i mean like 
our partners um, at, at Universal are, are amazing, and they they want to obviously like like everyone we work with. But there's just this big corporate, you know, right. Universal wide thing that they're not going to uh, they're not going to uh, make an exception for the little the little off air label oh, at the I moment. At least. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah, right. I see. We okay. might get there at some point, but yeah. you know. Oh, interesting. Part of part of signing up with Universal, who have been wonderful to us, um, is you know, you don't you, there's there's a couple things that you don't get always, but yeah, there's a lot yeah. of things on the other side you do get. So yeah, business yeah, daddy. the positives way out way outweigh the negatives. Oh sure, so. sure, sure. And if we want to be mainstream, like right, like Bandcamp is can be a part of that, but also like our ambition is a little like is not to be super niche yeah so, yeah no I, gotta, I think that's great i love what you're saying rishi about the artwork uh and the the packaging as like an artistic statement and i think for fans <clears throat> excuse me for fans of this music that's the expectation i mean if mm -hmm. i got that richard reed perry record in the mail and it was black vinyl 130 grams and <laughs> and you know just like super gloss sorry if it is by the way but like you know i would be i would be uh, i'd be disappointed because it's you know this is meant to when i put a record on like this and there's many labels that do great things like this it's that whole experience of oh wow this is mad oh this smells good this feels good Lot, lots of layers you know that's there's an expectation with these types of listeners and collectors yeah I mean, I think the 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 further you can push it, the better. Yeah, uh, you know, we yeah. gotta we gotta prove out prove out the model of being able to sell some of them before we can go too crazy. Sure. But, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the next step will be doing a, a vinyl and curated scented candle bundle. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, let me ask you real quick before I let you go about the live music component we touched on at the beginning. Uh -huh. um, but um, how how is this all connected then? The digital release, the future vinyl drops, and then the the live show. Is a live show a one a one off? Is it a mandatory for the release? Uh, what role does that play? Our strategy for each release is bespoke for that release. So some of the artists we work with don't perform live. Uh, sometimes there's a global pandemic. Yeah. So sometimes uh, it's, and for some, for some projects, the artists want to do several live experiences. Also the instrumentation is, is different on, on so many of them. Mm -hmm. So uh, there's no, there's no one size fits all for everything. It is important to us to have some sort of live experience connected to each project. Uh, and it's also important to us to demonstrate as a community and a collective what off air is about. So you'll still see some live experiences that we do with established artists who aren't necessarily on our label, but are celebrating an album release and want to have this disconnect to really connect experience um, to celebrate their album release. Uh, and you'll see with with each project that we put out on, on Off Air Records, we can sort of push the boundaries on what a live experience with music can be. Mm. So just in, in the past, just with the six projects that we've put out, we we did a an immersive listening experience under the stars in Joshua Tree. Wow. We did uh, uh, we did a a live performance at uh, Public Records in in Brooklyn is one of our partners. It's an amazing venue. Um, we do a lot of our shows there. Uh, we did a a live experience with. Uh, Richard Reed Perry and Susie Ibarra, uh, and a, a third musician in their ensemble who plays the baby grand piano, uh, where they actually called on different audience members to uh, to lend their heartbeat to the metronome of the music that they performed. Oh, cool. the whole, their whole heart and breath uh, album is was recorded using their heart and breath to in, inform the rhythm of the music. Mm. So <laughs> with so much about this, what we've been talking about is this 
music been meant to guide an intention and an experience, it's important for us to demonstrate it and go a little farther than how we're used to experiencing music. That's the whole idea. So we had actual audience members clip this thing onto their ear and uh, a three-part music ensemble played along to a hardcore arcade fire fans heartbeat. Wow. Right. <laughs> yeah. And it, it was really cool to, to see that connection of the heart, the breath, the emotion and music. Not only that, we had, uh, we recorded a live podcast episode with the sing for science podcast who invited, uh, a New York Times bestselling author and cardiologist to talk with uh, the artists about the relationship between the heart and breath and music. It was the it was the nerdiest music experience <laughs> I've ever been a part of, and it was amazing. Yeah, yeah. Like everyone <laughs> loved it. Like the the bartenders at at Public Records who see amazing music every single night were blown away by it. And so just to be able to push people's idea of what music could be like. Um, and when it goes back to like why established artists, uh, Polly, the PSM, who's an incredible popular music arranger and director, he's music director for Harry Styles on tour. He, we did a Dolby Atmos visual audio visual experience where we synced his, his music in, in Atmos, sound uh at the atmos theater here in hollywood uh to visuals of the james webb telescope oh wow and invited people to sit and experience that and more than half of the room was under 25 hmm. and uh they came their entry not ambient music yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, sure. yeah. <laughs> they didn't even know. They like, thought Harry was going to be there. <laughs> but no, they're Pauly fans because of because of right what he's done yeah. with Harry and and so, they really they really feel that. So I want to ask you about these events Sorry, that um, because Rishi, you opened the door up to talking about marketing, and so I want to ask mm -hmm. these events from a marketing standpoint. Um, uh, and from an opportunist entrepreneurial standpoint, mm -hmm. if you can't share it on social media, I don't know if you're filming them and putting them on YouTube because it'd be great to see, but like if they are these small experiences, um, uh, do you get what I'm saying? Like, it seems like a waste yeah. if, if you can't be seen by <laughs> billions of people, even though that still fits the plan of going off air. Um, the, the opportunist in me is like, who's tweeting about this? So my wife says the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> but part of what we do as well is we will have a somebody creating content at each event. We'll have a photographer, videographer. Mm. We will send photos and video to everybody who attended the show mm. and where we can and when, where we can, you know, have access to those content, the, those things. So hopefully post show, they have high quality content that they can post. Obviously. Oh, that's cool. So like we're tr we totally understand that and like mm -hmm. think about that mm -hmm. and I think there's something to you know trying to figure out how to how to do both mm. at the same time because like the point of this isn't to be luddites right like right. the point yeah yeah like you know use technology in the way that can do another thing for us so we we yeah. we're on the same page as you in thinking <laughs> that I mean like some of the Photos and stuff, especially from like Joshua Tree event and stuff, were like sure. just these amazing, beautiful photos yeah. and stuff like that. So, <laughs> Nate, did it, you have something to add? Yeah, it's we want people to have the type of experience that they tell people about. Yeah, and that they think sure. of, they think about in their memory. Yeah, and if we have to sacrifice the live storying of your experience so that you can get the performance you want from the artist or so you can feel how that two hours of your life changed you and, and talk about it. It's a little more work on our end, but hopefully it's, it's something that helps us to stand out. Well, I love it. I love to see the kind of the rethinking of live music 
And I think, you know, hopefully that's happening a little bit more now with the pandemic because we've had time to think about how we want to do it and whether or not we're going to go back to it the way it was before. And and in some ways, the live streaming is great um, for people with different abilities. And um, I just love it because I, I don't like live music for, you know, the opposite reason of some of the things that you're describing is that, you know, a stage was never able to communicate stereo sound uh, ever. You know, it, it was very rare that your average club could do that. And and there was all these variables like the room and the people and the sound system and the sound person. Um, and so for me as an artist and as a, a music fan, I, I always struggled with live music. I, I never enjoyed live music in the same way I enjoy a record. Um, and so I, I think it's exciting to hear a label and to hear you guys... Uh, trying to change that even if it is only you know one-time events and maybe not necessarily something that's an artist could take on tour i mean richard wants to go on tour he oh. really does like we we're talking about trying to figure it out you yeah. know and there's yeah. certain artists who could do it you know yeah um so we'll see i mean the other thing we are thinking about too is we work on a lot of festivals on the agency side of our business and we think there's something to doing like mornings with off air in the campgrounds right like how do we like yeah these like big kind of like live moments yeah at sunrise yeah these people it's good for a hangover yeah it's i I think it's like could be a really special moment i mean i mean some of that comes from the idea i mean it this comes from a kanye thing that he did but when kanye did sunday service at coachella right before it started he was playing like Alice Coltrane records mm. and we're sitting in the grass field on Sunday morning of Coachella. You're really tired. And there's like these beautiful Alice Coltrane records. And like, it was cool. Yeah. You know, it's like, how do we like take that to the next level? Yeah. How do we do that? And like, and you know, I mean, if James Blake is playing a grand piano for you, when you wake up in the morning at Coachella, like that's real cool. (laughs) Like, you know, like I feel like that's a new way to like even experience the festival space, you know, like another addition. And Tyler, the creator is your personal. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is, (laughs) you guys have a, (laughs) (laughs) this is just a life of a billionaire is what you're talking about here, guys. But like it could happen. Like, I mean, if, if Coachella wanted to do it, they could, they have the ability, the funds, the, operational you know setup to be able to go and like set up a stage in the campgrounds and hire james blake to do that yeah like that's not no it's not like too far of a, a an idea that couldn't happen you know uh, yeah i love everything we've explored here it seems to me like the future of off air i mean even just this idea of it being a verb in a way uh, mm-hmm. and uh that's so that what does the next year or so look like for you you have these vinyl drops with vinyl me please you you have um like do you have a release schedule that you like to stick to or what's the future look like we have two releases coming late q1 early q2 uh and we're in a and R mode on mm. a lot of other projects. Mm. Um, there's some incredible opportunities with artists and and labels who want to explore things with us. Yeah. And I think it's a lot of like being open and, and learning from our past year and a half. Yeah. And kind of responding to what's working, what isn't working. Uh, how do we lean in more a little bit on the experiential? Who are the partners that, that we work with? And what are the big swings that we're going to take? Uh, so, do you have, sorry to interrupt you, do you have boundaries? Uh, do you have parameters? Because, I mean, what happens when you get to a point where an artist is, is so big and enticing and sexy that wants to work with off air, but maybe is, is pushing what you're comfortable with doing? Like, how do you set up these parameters and saying, we're not going to break these set of rules that makes up an, an off air release? Great question. <laughs> This is the question for Nate. Okay. We'll, we'll cross that bridge <laughs> when you get there. <laughs> so, no, no, no. It's, uh, we do. And we, we talk about it. It's mm. as, as long as we can see it serving our greater purpose, uh, you know, we can, 
we can give up, we can sacrifice some things, whether it's on the business side or the creativity side, as long as it's speaking to what off air can be mm. um, and will be. So it's, it's no set stringent cookie cutter thing where like everything has to be this. Our branding has to be on it, sure. right? Like yeah. people have to, it has to be sure. associated with, with off air, but uh these are also licenses. Like we're not owning anyone's masters. Mm. Uh, we're not like if, if it's being sub sub licensed from a label, great. If it's, you know, there's so many other, other things. If, uh, if a huge artist comes to us and is like, I want to, I want to do this, but I'm giving you a royalty. You're not giving me a royalty. Like that royalty from that artist could be more than we would make from someone sure. else. But as long as, you know, yeah, yeah, no, I get. I'm not inviting anyone to do that. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying like if we, we've we've got to look at like, as as long as like, Rishi and I and our team and off air are looking to get to a certain point, and as long as we can still get there, we'll take. We're down to take different roads. Mm, mm. There's no, there's no like straight line. Yeah. And I and, and I would say just on release schedule in general, I mean, I think like we've always wanted to be a label that is prolific, like putting like yeah. we want to put out as much as we can because I think that's what you need to become a verb, right? Yeah. Like yeah. that's what you need to break through and show people what you can do and all all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And what we're learning is that it's hard, right? Like it's hard to to like mm -hmm. do a deal with the with the artist, have them make it, have them really be into it, put get into the schedule, get think about physical product, think about marketing, yeah. all that kind of stuff, yeah. right? So, you know, what we're I think in the next year what we're exploring is actually kind of like, you know, talking with the wider universal umbrella, like how do we like start bringing in more parts of the company maybe like you know what is there a way to lean into catalog is there um, you know like is there you know i uh, mean like the like the oh no record i don't know if you if you saw that but like the oh no record we put out um is uh basically him remixing a um like an a italian italian record label from from the past and uh, modernizing it you I know see. okay but all, it's all music so like how, is there is there a, is there a way uh, to do that with like kind of deeper yeah, yeah. kind of like catalog stuff within not even just the universal system anywhere right that's like, really does interesting that make it easier? yeah does it make it easier to put out more records not just easier but it's like it's good you know yeah. like that, like i i would definitely like go listen to that oh no record it's sure yeah it's 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 kind of the crowd favorite that ever like whenever okay. people listen to the whole thing like it's it's basically like a low you would say kind of like a lo-fi beats I type see. record yeah. yeah yeah um but it's better than a lo-fi beats record you know like yeah. if there's yeah, there's yeah. more to it because it's deeper and like that's what we're trying to hit is like how do we be better at those types of things well it's and, funny you talk yeah. about like, that catalog idea is great because i mean that the catalog music is what everybody's excited about right now is what's you know making so much money and even when i experienced um uh the what's going on on for the first time on um dolby atmos it was like hearing a new record the conga is mm -hmm. like yeah. way over here and and mm -hmm. you know to be able to take those those multi-tracks and to do something really special with them could be incredible yeah yeah for sure exactly yeah well congratulations guys this is an incredible story incredible label and thank you so much for taking the time to to tell us about it totally thanks for having us this is thank really you. great it's nice to it's nice to talk about it yeah you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just long that often so it's it's great it's really I'm like excited. Like I'm like fired up to like go out and like yeah. do a bunch more stuff. Do a bunch of <laughs> Good. <Okay>. You. <laughs> to keep your eye on this label, go to offair.co. That's O-F-F-A-I-R.co. Make sure you check out their releases as well and keep an eye on them to see where they go from here. I think it's a really interesting concept. And I love when people focus so hard on the music course the artists as well but when we take this music and and when we really own the genre that we represent and try to promote and and uh provoke our artists to be more prolific um 
and to promote the music um, and really dive into it. I think it's great, and I hope you enjoyed the conversation today. Uh, please visit our website, otherrecordlabels.com. A couple call to actions here. Go to Off Air's website, of course, and check them out on social media and grab their releases. Uh, also, um, please leave a review of the show and subscribe. You can do that, of course, on YouTube and on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you follow along. And of course, for anyone looking for resources for record labels, and that's always growing by every single week, there's something new being added to our website, otherrecordlabels.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>